powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. All right. Well, um, if there's one thing you could reliably bet on, it is technical issues for Game Over Calgary. But if you want to bet, you can do it at Sports Interaction, Canada's sportsbook. Football is back, baseball playoffs, and the hockey season is underway. Bet pregame, live, in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Made for Canadians, by Canadians, Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn, that is sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn ontario only 19 years and older please play responsibly so i thought the main story for this game was uh the new guys stepping up audio is not the most chaotic host of all time once again this is my fault for the the zoom capture thing not working um on my end so great apologies here for me uh one last parting gift from johnny gaudreau and matthew kachuk i am sure i thought the big story from this game was how the new guys stepped up and they talked a bit about it on the tv broadcast about how you know what everyone's new um they they messed with people even more by having the wrong names on the guys backs in the pregame so that was fun um Audie's just going to do, we can't do highlights here uh, because we don't have the express written consent of the National Hockey League. So Audie's just going to draw how it looked um, when, when everything went. Also, you you draw hearts too well. But um, for, the, for the Flames, um, again, they were talking about how difficult it was going to be for everyone to kind of mesh and for everyone to, to get into a groove. Well, that took about five minutes because Kadri looked at home with Dubé and Manjapani. Huberto, maybe the, the the best awareness and the most fun player um, on, on the Calgary Flames right now, but the, the awareness that he has and to just to even think of some of the passes that he is able to pull off is really impressive. And um, what was something that kind of caught my eye. And then Uyghur was a bit of a dark horse because Kadri just had a very good season for the defending Stanley Cup champions. Huberto just put up a boatload of points for the team that uh, I think they won the president's trophy this year. I don't know. I don't pay attention to that stuff anymore. Um, but Uyghur was kind of the, uh, I don't know. Yes. Dylan Dubé, also very strong. He's been here for a while. I'm going to get to him later. Assuming we have a half hour show, we have a half hour show to fill. So we're, we're going to get to those guys, but Dubé was good. Strong. Take that Alex Newhook. You weren't hauled down. You were just overmatched by the power uh, of Dylan Dubé. Uh, <laughs> I love the idea that that Audi is just going to have, you know what, instead of once again, the instead of the digital ads, we just have Audi drawing a bunch of different logos there. Um, so that that is good. Uh, <laughs> this is chaos. All right. Thank you. Good. Uh, Dubé equals 30 goals this season, potentially, uh, especially if he's playing with Nazem Kadri. I thought the Kadri Dubé Manjapani line was the best that this team had for uh for the flames uh, i thought that right from the get-go they were strong especially in the transition game and when you think about it nazem kadri uh, i would say relatively responsible in his own end manjapani um at different times or manjapani um at different times has played extremely effectively in the defensive zone and has played on uh some teams and, and some lines that were like real shutdown ones that's kind of where he kind of came up with and Dylan Dubé, it is so funny to watch Audi try to figure this out. And I feel so helpless right now. Um, but Dylan Dubé, again, he has kind of worked his way up. Fourth line, third line, now on to what I would consider the second line. So all three of these guys are relatively responsible in the defensive end. So it makes sense that they would be able to 
um, kind of start from one end and go to the other. But the speed they were able to do that with was really impressive. They got a number of odd man rushes throughout this game that I thought was um, that, that I thought was really, really impressive. And I, I thought was kind of one of the keys to getting things off to an, uh, a good start. And when you're playing a Colorado team that is coming off of a back to back, like the Avalanche are, then you, you kind of want to put the pressure on them. And I get the Avalanche showed up strong late. Yes, that, that's the, that's another part of it too. When you looked at, at how Colorado, thank you, Audie. Uh, when you looked at, at, at what Colorado um, was able to do like against Tampa Bay, it wasn't just how fast they were on offense, but it's how quick all of their defensemen were. And the Flames, again, looked like the faster team. Again, against the team playing on the back part of a back-to-back, but I thought Calgary was great at putting that pressure on. And it really just set a tone. And all night, this looked like a line that had played together for, for years with Dubé, with some of those um, just like perfect tape-to-tape saucer passes where Dubé will streak behind the defender, Kadri hits him in stride, kind of like a through ball in FIFA. Um, or in soccer, as some people would call it, who aren't addicted to video games. But it, it did seem like there was a real chemistry with them right away. And if that line is going to be going like that, because the top line is going to be excellent. You know this, like Huberto is going to be good. Um, Lindholm can kind of, to, to steal a basketball term, can kind of get his shot on his own. And to Foley, it's just kind of both of them. Like he can play make pretty well, but he can also shoot it very well. So that top line is going to get theirs as well. But I really do think that the, the, the second line, if they can play like that on a nightly basis, bring that energy, bring that defensive responsibility, and then also bring the offense as well. It's going to be a very good season for the flames. And I think it's a very good sign for Calgary that they were able to, to get that much from that line. Um, I thought Huberto's line five on five was, was good. Obviously I think everyone was good tonight, but I, I think five on five, they were good. Oh, okay. I thought we had Audie for a second. Okay. Perfectly fine. He's whispering, but we don't think anyone can hear him right now. Um, we thank everyone in the, the, the chat for, for hanging around with us as we again, work our way through some issues here on game over Calgary. But I, I thought the Huberto line with him to Foley and Lindholm kind of showed out on the power play the most where you, again, you expect Huberto is going to be great. You expect, um, you expect Lindholm's going to be very good and you expect Foley's going to be very good there as well. And they were again, a catalyst for, getting the ball moving in the right direction. And again, the power play looked like it had been together for a long time. It seems like this team really maximized their minutes when it came to training camp, when it came to preseason games, because I think the the power play was phenomenal. And Robert's right to, to not only hear about um, Huberto and Toffoli on the same line, but to, to watch it and now to, to have those words come out of my face hole as the Calgary flames is it's just, it's wild. It, it really is. And we'll, we'll talk about this weird off season coming up in the, I guess the, the middle portion of this program, but it is crazy to think what those two guys can do together. And when Huberto said the, Oh, Lindholm's getting 50 this year. The fact that a lot of people were like, yeah, yeah, I could see that being absolutely a thing that happens. Um, th- this team's going to be so much fun and it's a definitely a uh, different identity. That power play. If this is their, 
figuring things out and just tipping a toe in the water and, and just kind of getting there, then this is going to be a really fun season for the Flames. And this is going to be a very big step forward for, for this team. Again, would have liked to see more five on five, but we'll see. Like I said, we'd like to see more five on five. But the thing that Huberto brings, his vision on the ice is phenomenal. Uh, Mark saying no. So I will roll on here. Um, but um, his vision on the ice is incredible. His puck placement, if that's a scouting term, is maybe the best in the NHL. And to have this guy on your team now is really special. It's why I kind of wanted them to maybe put an AHL guy on that on that line. And we'll get to that another day um, that this top line is going to be very good for the Flames. And they were on this night. I thought Calgary, while I would have liked to see more from the top line, five on five overall. Phenomenal. I'm, I'm picking the, the the tiniest of nits at this point because th- this team is looked so good on this night against the Colorado Avalanche. And the, the last of the new guys is um, Mackenzie Weger. I mean, there are other new ones, but of the headliners, the the ones on the marquee, um, I thought Weger was the Flames' best defenseman. I I thought in the defensive zone, he he threw some hits. Uh, I thought he defended very well, which is what you want from a defenseman in the defensive zone, words and all. But it was his ability on offense that I wasn't necessarily uh, like you kind of know from watching the, the odd Florida Panthers game like, oh, yeah, this guy can kind of move it. But that first goal, he was so smooth skating up through the neutral zone and then just a little thing. And I was going to say most defensemen don't do this, but this is kind of the evolution of defensemen. We talked about this actually the last time I was on game over with or one of the last times with the, the Stanley Cup final talking with uh, both Audie and Andrew and with Julian and Andrew about this where this is kind of the, the new defenseman. And one of those things are, are a bit higher level offensive IQ. Uyghur smoothly works his way through the neutral zone, into the attacking zone. Shot gets blocked. And instead of just, oh, damn, I got to go back and be a defenseman now, he keeps the play alive with just a subtle little chip. That gets... Um, that gets it over to, to Lucic, who then feeds it to, to Brett Ritchie, who now has more goals this season than Johnny Gaudreau does. I digress. Um, but I, I thought it was a lot of Uyghur uh, on that play, and I thought it was a lot of Uyghur on this night. He is so smooth skating with the puck. He is so comfortable in the offensive end and very comfortable in the defensive end. And that part of his game is only going to get better with Daryl Sutter out there. Um, as uh, Jay Money said on here, he's got that dog in him for sure. Um, <laughs> noted Alan Walsh Klein, of course, yes. Um, with, with Huberto there. But no, the, this is... This is a team I think that is built very, very well for what they are looking to do going forward. And it's these three guys who I think have have got them there. A um, couple things from the comments here. Uyghur looked horrible last postseason, must have been injured. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's an injury thing. Maybe it's a overwhelmed by the moment thing. Maybe it was the system he was in. Daryl Sutter has a tendency to get the most out of those types of guys. So I wonder if it's just, if it's the fit, maybe it was a good game and the next 25 are going to suck. I would bet against that one. Um, But no, you're right. Like this, this was, and the catalog isn't extensive, but this is the best game I've seen Mackenzie Weaker play. Uh, And that's not just a joke from a flames perspective that that, that's kind of popping in on the, the odd Florida Panthers game as well. A couple more thoughts here. Uh, a lot of talk about Audie. Again, I feel so bad because Audie is getting just, he, he's telling everyone that he's trying. Um, Audie is getting the brunt of it in the comment section. And while Robert and I 
love nothing more than to, to make fun of Audie because he is just so make funnable. Uh, this one is not on him. Well, I mean, technically what is happening at this moment is uh, 100% his fault. But um, the, the main issue is that my laptop wasn't working in the way that I thought it was supposed to. Um, so we had to switch to his, which now isn't working. Um, we, we could He could have just done solo, just said, screw it, uh, Peter. I'm I'm the captain now, like my, my cat did earlier on my notebook, if you follow me on uh, Twitter, at PrimetimeKlein. Um, but yeah, no, this one, Audi is taking at least 75% more of the blame than he probably should be right now. I thought another key to this one before we, we kind of take our, our first um, slight pause on this. Uh, special teams, a major key for the Flames in this game. I, I thought the penalty kill, a, a late power play goal kind of busts it a little bit, but I thought the penalty kill looked really good. Dubé gets the shorthanded goal. And again, the power play was just mwah, chef's kiss, just spectacular. Um, I, I really do like what the Flames are going to be able to do with this power, especially that top unit. When they just listed off all of the, the guys who are out there um, for the first power play, what was it? It was Huberto, um, Toffoli, Lindholm, Kadri, and Rasmus Anderson. I think it was, it was Anderson or Hannafin. I think it was Hannafin now that I say that out loud. Um, but when it was those five, it was like, this is a Mad Lib from an NHL thing like three years ago. Like none of these names made any sense with each other before this season. And now you look at the talent that is out there, that this is, that this is a team that I think can do some pretty special things. And I think that this is a team that can, can really push where they were before. And that's because of the offseason moves that were made. So we are going to get into those offseason moves coming up here in a matter of moments. The curse of the home opener is now over. The curse of the game over opener is not done. Uh, does Richie quell some of the hate he got in the offseason? He does for a night anyway, um, because he scored. Well, we'll get to, we will get to more of this later. Audie really had some hot takes on Richie. I still don't know um, why he's uh, made the team, but that fourth line was impactful tonight. Like I, I liked what, again, grading on a curve, were they the best line in the NHL on uh, this October 13th in the year of our hockey gods, 2022? No, but for what we were expecting Lucic, Rooney and Richie to do, they did it smashingly. So I, I don't think Richie is going to really shut down a lot of the hate, but for at least a night, he's going to step up. Um, <laughs> tonight just a curse night for audio. That's fair. Yeah, I saw the, the folks over at uh, Game Over Ottawa had maybe a couple of issues as well. But this one, th th this is this is us in postseason form, apparently. Uh, Richie and Coleman have the same face. Uh, so we're getting deep and insightful. Thank you, Jay Money, on uh, for for some of these. But we'll, we'll get to a few more of the, the comments on the YouTube stream coming up here in a little bit. And uh, sup to Noah in there as well. But I do want to get into the offseason of change for the Flames because... Obviously, like I joked about before, when we closed Game Over Calgary um, in the postseason, it was, well, Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk, and boy, did they need to step up. And uh, they did, and they stepped up and stepped out of Calgary. This team looks substantially different from the one that we had uh, a year ago. Now, apparently, there is an echo on me, uh, which sounds great. Okay, Audie said he's going to fix that, which, Okay. Well, if Audie says it's fixed, then it should definitely be fixed. Uh, that was my only shot, I, I swear. Um, but 
I remember I had Audi on on my, my the the personal podcast that I host, and I made the joke, "Hey, do you think Columbus even bothers calling?" And then, uh, like two days later, Johnny Gaudreau went to the the Columbus Blue Jackets. I do want to say a couple of quick things first on that one because I, I I sent out a tweet that got a few people a little bit more upset than I thought they were going to. I tweeted it out because it was funny. I didn't think that Johnny Gaudreau drove from Calgary to um, his hometown, nor did I think he was going to drive from Columbus to his hometown. That was more just to show the, the kilometer distance, but that, that it is in the past. Um, it really did feel like this was going to spiral. And then as I'm calling an Okotoks dogs baseball game in the sixth inning, I get an alert on my phone that the flames have traded for Huberto and Uyghur for Matthew Kachuk, obviously more pieces involved in that. I think that draft pick is actually going to come into play um, because I have some worries about where Florida might be trending in the next couple of years, but I digress. The fact that true living was able to pull that off is incredible. And the fact that they were then able to sign both of those guys is just beyond words. And that there is going to be a lot of talk about, um, there is going to be a lot of talk about how is this Flames team better than last year? Is this Flames team better than the last era that we've seen from the Flames with the Drow, Monaghan, and Kachuk? Because this is a seismic shift. Like that, that was the end of an era, right? Like that was. That was the post Aginla. All right, let's see what these guys can do. And to be perfectly honest, and if you guys watched Game Over after the Edmonton series, you'll know I was about as frustrated with them as Audi is with our uh, technical setup this evening. Uh, I I was pretty ready to drive Matthew Kachuk to the airport. And I, I asked on Twitter, are we sure Gaudreau is worth the money that he's going to be to be paid? The answer might very well be yes, by the way. Um, he may absolutely live up to that contract in Columbus and be the, the best blue jacket to ever blue jacket. But it just, it wasn't working here. And it was so clear that it wasn't working here that I'm surprised these decisions weren't made a couple of years ago. I understand why they weren't. I'm not saying, well, in hindsight, they definitely should have traded Gaudreau and Monaghan and all of those guys after they finished first in the Western Conference. And then after they won or leading up to a Pacific Division uh, regular season win, how could you not have traded for them? So, but I, I do understand what Audi is saying here. Johnny Gaudreau worth the money? I don't know. I'm a bit more comfortable paying Jonathan Huberto that. And the reason is I think this team, if you just put them on NHL 23, uh, one side versus the other and played a, a 60 minute hockey game, would last year's team win? Maybe. I think it's pretty close. Is this team better situated for the postseason, which is kind of the thing we've done regular season success here. You know, like we we've established, Hey, for 82 games, if this team is good, Gosh, golly gee, it's fun some of the time. You know what would be great? To not be frustrated by a 23-year-old goalie in the first round of the playoffs. Or to not, oh man, sure, the Flames, like, they played well. But did you see how hard Colorado played? That stuff annoyed the hell out of me. And I feel like this team, whether they're more talented or not, is better situated for a run in the, the, the Stanley cup playoffs. Now they are better set to, to play playoff hockey. And I get that that can sometime sometimes irk some people. And I think that that type of an argument is used to justify a lot of bad contracts it, and has been used to justify some bad contracts here before Brower, Neil, those guys were winners. They know what it takes to play in those types of games. 
and we never got to those types of games because in part of them. But I do think when you look at the speed that uh, the speed and skill and depth that you need in the regular season, and then the, Hey, are we going to be able to win a two, one game in the postseason where you kind of mix those two things together? Cause it does feel like a different sport when it gets to the postseason. I think the flames are much better situated to play both of those now than they were at this time last year. So I do think the flames are in a better spot than they were uh, a season ago. A couple of the messages, uh, boy, I, I almost gave out the text line number from the last place that I worked at just cause this is, it's just, well, we go to the, the, the comment line now that would have been a thing. Don't text that. Um, although just a quick note, they've rebounded really well from, uh, everything that they went through over the last little bit, uh, turn the podcast off and on again. Uh, do we have any idea what's going on with Shillington? The answer to that question, Mark is, uh, no, we don't. I, I have no idea. Um, we'll, we'll see, I guess what, what's going on, uh, with Shillington. I thought stone played well tonight. Also, this has nothing to do with the segment that I, I had, uh, put together, I thought Zadorov looked really good tonight. I I am not someone who is high on Zadorov. Um, I, I thought when there was people going, oh well, at least they got him back. I was like, sure, yeah, like it's it's better, I guess, to have him than literally nobody. But I, I wasn't the biggest fan of his last year, and I thought he was superb tonight, like most of the Flames were on this evening. Um, Big Daddy Zaddy, exactly. Yeah, thank you very much for that. Um, also, someone said shout out to me. Thank you guys very much. Quick shout out, um, mainly because I, I, this is cruel that I'm saying it now because he can't respond at all. Quick shout out to Audie who got engaged over the last little bit. Uh, our boys all grown up. And also, I feel so bad because he got a grown up laptop and everything and uh, it, it hasn't really worked. So uh, <laughs> don't forget Yarmer Yarger. Oh yeah, guy knew how to win. Uh, I think this new team is a better matchup with the Oilers and Avs in the playoffs. I'm worried about the Oilers and what they were able to do with um, solidifying the goaltender position. But you're right. Like, I think this is the third best team in the Western Conference right now. I don't know how stiff the competition is for that number three spot, but this is a top three talented team in the Western Conference right now now um so once again thank you guys here remember to rate review subscribe wherever possible get into a couple more of the um little notebook type things like just a couple quick hitters for how we thought this game played out and then we will bounce because i'm seeing now a uh countdown clock on our uh on our zoom and the look that audi just gave was like he saw a ghost but remember to give this video a like follow us on social media i am at primetime klein he is at audi j <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, hi, L. Williamson. What do we think of Markstrom's game tonight? Excellent question, Mark. I thought um, I thought he played really well, and I was prepared to not say that after that goal that he let in. I don't know what Anderson was doing on that first one. I don't know what Markstrom thought he was stopping, if he thought that they had kind of transitioned to beach balls this year, so he just left his arm open like that to, oh, I'll stop that one, and it, it just squeaked through him, but you're allowed a bad goal in the first night of the regular season. I thought for 58 minutes that Jacob Markstrom was really, really good um, for the Flames. And I thought there was a couple of moments in this game where the Flames were outplaying the Avalanche, but Markstrom makes a couple of key saves that keep the Flames in it. There was uh, a drive on Nikushkin that comes to mind. That led directly to a goal. That was a power play one, right? That was Nikushkin driving in the front of that. Markstrom makes the save. Um, 
Dylan Dubé treats New Hook the way that audio issues treat Audi. And uh, two on one, and Dubé ends up getting the goal. So I thought that um, I, I thought that Markstrom kept them in it in key moments because that was, and this is another thing that I was thinking about during this game. Yes, the Avalanche were coming off of a back to back. I can't tell you how many times I had to go on the air and talk about how goddamn frustrating it was that the Flames, everything was set up for them. They got a good team. Uh, they're, they're facing a good team, but they're coming in on a back-to-back. They just played the Oilers and the Flames would crap the bet against them. And it would just be one of those eye roll moments. And there was a couple of times in this game where I was like, Flames teams of the past would have lost this one. They played well for a couple of minutes, gave up a bad goal, and then a couple of scoring opportunities where Colorado started to look like they were going to take over. And then the Flames of yesteryear, I think kind of would have, oh man, I can't believe they're doing that. And the Flames this year are like, oh, okay, well, we're just going to score five quick ones. Not quick ones. It was over the span of like 40 minutes. But we're just going to score five on you here. And then you're going to be able to, to race and catch up after that. Cool. Great. Thanks. So I, I thought the way the Flames handled that adversity was quite impressive um, tonight. Actually, one of my notes was Markstrom Strong. Um, oh, thank you for the love from Game Over Toronto. I, uh, I probably enjoyed your guys' first stream more than you guys did. Um, but I, I, I understand you may have had some more happy things to talk about on this night. So we greatly appreciate that. And I, I joke about the, the Toronto thing. Um, I'm really excited to see what game over Toronto and all the game overs have to, to check out. That was really fun going through the podcast today. And I'm sure this one's going to be a riot to listen to tomorrow as, uh, as we go through, um, there's some messages now from Audi. Um, to, to the Andrew there, uh, surprise Lucic looked decent. Lucic looked great. I like that fourth line, um, in this game. I, I still wish, uh, Rizicka was on it. And I still wish about four guys from the American hockey league were on it. instead. Um, but sorry, all I have on my screen is just Audi, which yeah. Hey, shout out great hoodie that Audi has, by the way. Um, but no, I, I thought Lucci's looked great. I thought the fourth line looked great. There's a message in here. Uh, will Trevor Lewis ever not be an expected goal black hole this season? From uh, the in-arena voice of the Calgary Canucks, Conrad, sending us that message. Also, I should definitely, I'm being so unprofessional. I'm just like, hey, see the top of my head. Look at this hat that I'm wearing while I'm looking down in the comments. So I apologies for that. Um, <laughs> we got a bit going on right now. Glad to see Michael Stone back. Um, but yeah, I want to get to the, uh, yes, thank you. There you go. I knew you're, I, I, I hoped you were going to get to that. I didn't want to just go, Hey, Audi promote this thing, but definitely get one of those hoodies right now. Um, I'm not a fan of Lewis. I was not a fan of them bringing him back. That is one of the Daryl guys that I think you kind of just have to live with. You know, like I think the Daryl Sutter brand of hockey is going to get this team places that they weren't before. And I do think you have to take some of the good with some of the bad. I, I think that you have to um, accept that with this discipline, there's going to be a couple of guys on the roster that you ain't going to be thrilled with. And there's going to be a few guys who are maybe 10 years older than guys you would like to see on this team. I cannot explain to you why Pelche isn't on this team or why Phillips isn't on this team or why Godden isn't even in the freaking organization when he was placed on waivers a gripe for another day. Um, so I, I think Lewis is just one of those fine, I guess, whatever, hopefully, 
um, someone from the American Hockey League steps up and takes that place is kind of what I would like to see. Uh, would it be accurate to say they are building the flames around Sutter? How do you feel about that? Look, it's better than building a team not around your head coach because they've done that before too. Um, I, To be honest, this was a, a much more up-tempo game from a, a Daryl Sutter team than I was expecting tonight. Um, it didn't really feel like a Daryl team. Like they scored five times. There was close to 30 shots on goal for both teams. So I, I don't know if it was a, a true blue Daryl Sutter brand of hockey. A lot of great comments in the chat. Thank you all so much. Um, please remember to, to like this video. Remember to subscribe to the Game Over podcast. Subscribe to this channel. We will be back on Saturday, God willing. Um, yes, subscribe to SCPN. <laughs> Thank you to Rob. Just that, that, that should be the logo. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, but we do have to go. Um, you can follow him on Twitter at Audie James. He is going to be back on Saturday as the Flames take on the Edmonton Oilers in their only road game of October, which is weird as hell. Uh, I will be back on Tuesday as the Flames take on the Vegas Golden Knights. So again, I'm Peter. He is Audie. You are all amazing. Thank you so much for tuning in. Big things planned for this show, for this channel this year, and we couldn't do it without you guys. This is just 182nd of the way through. I am so excited to be with you guys here on Game Over Calgary. Good night, everybody.